shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com. Hey, Dave Thomas. Hey, Sissy Goff. Welcome back. It's so fun to be back. It is so fun to be back. And actually, it's not fun this week because we're talking about technology. Mm, like we'll we try need, to make it fun. <laughs> we do need scary theme music for technology. Dun, 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 something, you know. So, okay, if we're thinking modern parents, vintage values, and we were going to go old school when it comes to technology... What's some part of your old school life that's creeping into the modern world? I would say I am currently using my Apple Music subscription to go straight back to 80s music. All right. I have been traveling through the 80s and 90s. so fun. What have you been listening to? Reliving junior and senior prom. The other day, I was just like, oh my goodness, this is taking me straight back to high school. Tell me one of your favorite songs from high school that you listen oh, to. Oh, lo- I've been loving some Steve Winwood lately. That is so weird. I was just thinking when you were talking about that, the song that first popped into my head. Guess. Higher Love. Yes! Higher Love. That's so, that's like one of the all-time best I had to listen to it on repeat forever. Yes, me too. Higher Love. Yeah. The good one. Steve, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast. <laughs> and if you could just end with that. that song. Yeah, be great. Mm. What about you? 
Well, you know this one because it makes me laugh every time. And I'm a smidge embarrassed when we go speak (laughs) because we walk out on the stage and David always, you walk out with your Yeti and your iPad with all your notes and you pull them out and you look so digital. And I (laughs) come out with my, I usually have whatever water bottle they left for us on the stage that looks silly. And I have my dog-eared tattered folder (laughs) with my handwritten notes in them. I feel so old every time, but I just can't convert. I don't know. Maybe somebody needs to help me figure out how to do that. I can't do it. That's awful. That says so much when we need somebody to help us figure out. There you go. Well, let's be honest. I have my cup up there on stage because I can't handle a glass of water. I'm so old that I'll knock it over. My wife calls it my grown-up sippy cup. That is a good So <laughs> well, there's some statement. old school right there. Okay, as we're talking about old school, I want to read to you something that I came across that we put on Raising Boys and Girls recently on our if y'all are not following us on Raising Boys and Girls on Instagram, the most fun thing is that we do fun Fridays and it's so fun. these things that make us laugh during the week we love to put up. So I came across this somewhere. I don't know where it's from, but it's the script back and forth from a daughter to a parent. And the daughter says, Alexa, play Let It Go. And the parent says, when I was your age, I had to call the radio station, wait on hold for 30 minutes to request a song, then sit by my boombox for an hour with a blank cassette tape for my song so I could record it. And the daughter says, I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Do you remember that feeling? And then and someone commented and they said, and then the DJ would talk over the song at the end and you're like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to get it on a mixtape. And the DJ was Casey Kasem. Casey He'd start Kasem, talking over the yes, end. Yes, with his voice. Yes. Oh, that's so many people have no idea what we're talking no. about. No, mixtapes. Yes. Oh my goodness. They missed out on a lot, yes. didn't they? Well, can I read you a funny one I found? I would love to hear it. Which <laughs> couldn't be more true for me. Somebody sent me this one that said, I don't know how to use TikTok, but I can write in cursive, do long division, and tell time on clocks with hands. So there's that. <laughs> those are some wins. They That's are. Right. That's good. I can't write in cursive, but I can do all those other things. Okay, so I guess we really should talk about technology and get into it. That is definitely one of the things we talk the most about with parents in our offices about technology. And I think, hands down, the number one question we get is when. When's the magic age for me to let my child have whatever, their first tablet, their first phone, their first smartphone, their first access to social media? I mean, we get that all the time. And the reality is, as a parent, at some point, your child is going to come to you and say, I'm the only one who doesn't have blank. Don't listen to them. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Because the reality is, I mean, what we say to parents all the time is you don't want to be the first and you don't want to be the last. Because if you're the first, then your child is going to be considered by their peers. I mean, we used to would have said fast as we're talking old school fast. That's not a thing anymore. Now, I think what it really would be is that they would be considered edgy or cutting edge. And you do not want your child to get the reputation for being cutting edge. Even if it feels fun when they're getting their first gadgets later, what cutting edge looks like is a whole lot scarier. And at the same time, you don't want to be the last. And I can't count the amount of families who've said things to me like, you know, well, we're just not doing that in our home. And the reality is, it is so often how kids communicate as they get older. And I have taught a lot of parenting technology courses over the years, and I feel like I make somebody mad almost every time. So I'm sorry if I'm making you mad right now. But I do think it's 
kind of a necessary evil in their lives. And I hate to even call it an evil because there are a lot of great benefits to it as well. But your kids are going to get there. And the point is to teach them responsible technology use while they live under your roof. And so our rule of thumb is you don't want to be the first. You don't want to be the last. So be the next to last. Because <laughs> basically, you want to hold off as long as you can. David, did you get your taxes finished? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what are you eating? Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone. Where did you get them? Thrive Market. Uh, how much do we love Thrive Market? I could record an entire podcast about that topic. You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from the Honest Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on. <laughs> from pets to kids to grown-ups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order? I saved $32. I saved over $12.67. How much did Patches save? <laughs> a lot. She's ordering more than I am. You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month. Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one -one membership matching program. You join, they give. I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG thrivemarket.com slash rbg. And I would say this example, I think, is what has stayed with me the most in all of my years of teaching technology seminars to parents. Honestly, I hate to do it because the whole time I'm talking about it, I feel like everybody in the audience looks stricken, <laughs> just like panicked. I was doing this at a Sunday school seminar once, and it was this huge room, and I saw this man in the back of the room, and literally the whole time I was talking, I could tell I was really triggering this guy. He was just not happy with me. I could see it all over his face. And so I did my 45-minute talk, and y'all can imagine, I just am trying to smile at him as much as I can and be as gracious as I can and warm and cushion these hard-to-say things. And so I have done that for 45 minutes and basically said this whole idea, like you want to let the rope out gradually. You want to teach them how to use this while they're under your roof. And this man raised his hand and he said, I got to say something. It wasn't even a question, which, you know, we know we're in trouble when something like that happens. And he stood up, 
He was a very tall man. He had a very imposing presence. And he stood up and he said, I got to say this. I have raised five children. And let me tell you that technology is not a child's God-given right. And he then went on to say, when I was driving my oldest son to his high school graduation, y'all, I'm not exaggerating. His high school graduation was the first time I let him get on the internet and I let him send a photo from his phone. And then he went on to say, if your child is on the internet, go home and shut it down. And he thought we didn't hear him. So he repeated it again, even louder, screamed it, shut it down. And I didn't even know what to do in that moment. I just said, can I pray for us? And I sent him out. But my immediate thought was that poor kid goes from zero freedom at all in May of his senior year in high school to freshman year in college, and he has all the access in the world. We want to teach them responsible technology use while they live under their roofs. So don't be the first, don't be the last, be the next to last. That's a good conservative place to land. I love that. And it's a great transition into an idea I wanted to talk about, which is a training wheels approach. And that when we think about teaching kids to ride a bike, we're not going to start them on a 10-speed bike. We're going to begin on a bike with training wheels. We're going to eventually take those training wheels off. We're going to move them to a bigger bike. That gradual approach, that wading in is a part of how we're going to prepare them for biking on a big bike. And we want to think about technology in that way. In fact, I often will compare it to driving and and think about how we tend to approach the process of driving in this country that, you know, you have to be 15 years of age. There's a certain point before you're ready to get a learner's permit. 14 in Arkansas. Oh. Sorry to throw you a curveball. That's good to know. (laughs) 14, 15, before you're developmentally ready to handle something that big. And then you're going to spend a full year in the car with a seasoned driver who's going to give you feedback. And then once our kids get a license, we're not just throwing keys at them and saying, hey, let me know how it works out. But we're saying, okay, you're going to text me when you arrive safely and let me know you got there. Or we may put some kind of tracking device on our phones to make sure they're where they're supposed to be. But this process of, as you wisely said, letting out the rope and then when they blow it, pulling it back in. And I want to emphasize that when they blow it, because if we even think about that analogy of driving, we know that for kids to learn to drive, to make connections, to become responsible drivers means they're going to make mistakes. They're going to have a fender bender. They're going to have a first accident. And that's something so important to think about with kids' experience with technology. And when that happens, we're going to pull the rope back in. And there may be circumstances that warrant taking a device away completely for a period of time. But again, for a period of time, knowing that we want to give it back so there's more opportunity for learning. It may be that we don't take the device away completely, but we say things like, you're still allowed to have your phone, but I'm going to turn your phone into an iPod Touch. We're going to strip it down of everything that's available at this point, and then you'll have an opportunity to earn those things back. But unless kids have the opportunity to earn it back, They don't have an opportunity to make those needed connections that are so important. And we've talked, even as we discuss the ages and stages, that adolescence in general is just a time in development that's more clumsy 
than clean. And so it's not going to be a flawless experiment as kids are learning to use technology responsibly. But thinking about that timeline, Sissy, that you spoke so well to a few minutes ago, and even the story of that young man, by that point, we want every kid to feel a sense of being prepared to take on the responsibility of that on their own. And I think about how many families I've had conversations with over the years, for example, around pornography and where wisely on the front side, parents would put a filter or a block in place so that boys simply would not be able to stumble even innocently into that space. And then moving a little later down the road from a block or filter to a monitoring system that gives them more space to navigate the internet, but cues parents when they're heading in some dangerous directions, and then how many late adolescent boys in young adulthood go to college and transfer that system to a good friend. So I've had countless boys over the years who have a friend, even on another campus somewhere states away, who gets an email when they've gone to some dangerous places on the internet. I know, and that's teaching accountability, which every adult man I know wants to have in place in some healthy, responsible ways. So Thinking about that kind of timeline as we introduce kids to any new device, to any new platform along the way, that training wheels approach. Love that. We are so thrilled to be partnering with our friends at Minnow to bring back the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. We all know that devices are here to stay. So if you want to make screen time meaningful for your kids, Minnow is for you a new streaming service designed just for kids. Minnow has over 2,000 episodes of fun and faith-filled shows that have been carefully curated by moms, dads, and church leaders, so it's safe for your family. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com to start your free trial. I would add, too, that basically wherever your kids are on technology, you need to be there, too. I mean, I just, again, can't count the number of times I have sat with parents who said things like, I didn't know that the Monogram app, she asked to download, had a social media component, and she encountered a predator there. I mean, you never know what they're going to be exposed to at what age. And I also remember a dear family who the mom came in to see me and she said, my daughter has been online and she said she had just lost her husband. She said, I have not had the energy to be checking up on her. And she said she found her way to pornography because I didn't have time or the bandwidth to look. And you all, that is true for so many of us. There's so much that we're doing. And thankfully, there are programs and apps like we love Teen Safe, we love Bark that help make that easy, but we just have got to be there. And if they're on social media, it's not that we need to just follow them. We need to friend them. You need to have their password and you need to be able to see what messages are coming in and out. You need something that is a gateway for them as well. I sat with a girl talking about TikTok, joking around about TikTok, this is not a new phenomenon. I'm having kids more and more who are coming in. We have laughed about how often they'll diagnose themselves. And this girl came in and she diagnosed herself with something I've never heard of. I've been counseling almost 30 years, no clue what it was. And she started talking about it and she had a checklist and tried to be really casual. I said, tell me where you learned about that TikTok. So learning about mental health on TikTok. And then this girl, 14 years of age, 
said that she had been putting out a lot of information about mental health on TikTok. I mean, are you kidding me? It's not just learning, but now she is positioning herself as a source for all helpful information about mental health on TikTok at 14. You know, I just wish so much her parents were there and could shut her down. And the amount of times I hear stories about kids learning about self-harm, about eating disorders, that is really prevalent, at least for girls, really, really prevalent. And so, again, it's why we want to hold off as long as we can. It's why we want to give them a training wheels approach, teach responsibility in terms of technology, and we've got to be watching what they're doing. We've got to have our eyes on anything that's coming across their eyes in the world of technology. And I have often likened it to you would not let your child walk into an adult bookstore. And to let them loose on the internet, not watching is a similar phenomenon. We just have got to have gates around them, even if it's hard for you. And I know that's creating more work. And again, that's where I think there are apps and programs that can help us with it, but it just couldn't be any more important. So now I'm sorry, y'all are all looking stricken. I wish we had chocolate we could hand out to all of you sitting there. Let's talk about some really practical things that they can do. You go first. End it on some hope. Okay, I'll start with... We talk about this really with everything, which I love, but I think as it comes to technology too, you know, when your child comes to you and says, I'm the only one who doesn't have a blank, you want to be parenting in community. You want to have a team of people you can say, well, that is funny because I talked to Mr. Thomas yesterday and Ms. Smith the day before and their kids aren't on it yet either. So you basically have automatic backup. So pick your people. That would be the first practical thing I would say that is so important is you want a community of people that you're deciding together. We're going to let them have their first email account. We're going to let them have their first tablet. We're going to let them have their first access to Instagram or whatever it is. And that you're communicating about what's going on, what you're learning about in technology together. That's great. I would add revisit and reevaluate your contract. You all have heard us talk before about how important we think it is for families to have a family agreement, a contract of some kind that spells out the terms of responsible use. You know, I often talk about with boys, we want everything to be clear, concrete, and concise. And those are some good rules of thumb as we think about creating an agreement or a contract. And even as we are thinking about the transition from living through COVID to a post-COVID time, we have had countless conversations in our offices with parents who've said, my kids have been on devices way too much. I have no idea how we're going to go backwards at this point. And that makes so much sense to me. I mean, at one point, it was the only way that kids could learn was through a device. And for many families, it was the only way that parents could work. So, of course, kids have spent more time on devices than ever. And if there is a reset process, or I've heard some parents talk about it like a detox process, like there's going to be some withdrawal and that could potentially be hard and involve a lot of tears and pushback. That's okay. And it could be that reevaluating the terms of a contract or agreement is a great way to create that reset. I would also add to the list that I think it's important for us to do this as our kids jump into a next stage of development to acknowledge they're getting older. They can handle more responsibility, much like we reevaluate bedtime and curfew. It's just important that they see some differences that, again, we're letting out the rope 
to honor the fact that they're in a different pocket of development. And I would even say within the same stages and ages for kids who are demonstrating a lot of responsibility and independence and proving to be trustworthy. I think it's so important when we acknowledge that and then revisit the contract and make adjustments to celebrate the fact that they've been doing that. You know, if you're a parent who's been checking history on a device and you're noticing they're just not going to those places, not only checking less on your side, but acknowledging on the kid's side and giving them a little more space and responsibility and freedom to honor the fact that they've been really responsible and Mm. trustworthy. Yes, I love that, David. Okay, last thing, I would say use it to your advantage. And really, we mean that in two primary ways. One is technology is a great leverage. (laughs) I mean, I will sometimes say to parents, I don't know if you ever do this. Sometimes I'll say, okay, I think it's time to give them X just so you can take it away. Absolutely. (laughs) When you feel like you don't have any options because technology, as we talk about what's kids' currency in terms of consequences, technology is one of the biggest modes of currency for them. Yes. In fact, to my driving analogy, I said that to a parent yesterday who was like, she is simply not ready to get her license. And I said, absolutely, she should get her license and then you can take it away. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. So, Use it as leverage is a way to use it to your advantage and use it as a way to connect. And that is something from a practical standpoint, we would say, we want you to do that this week. Play one game with your child. Have your child give you a lesson on whatever they're loving right now in terms of technology, even if it's social media, do a TikTok dance together. Use it as a way to connect because what they love, we want to become students of ourselves. We want to love with them because that is an inroad to their hearts. And we would both wholeheartedly say, head over to our episode with Eric Goss, where we talk about his perspective on technology because he had some genius ideas. And it was the New Year's episode for 2021, and we think it will be immensely helpful to you too. We're so grateful to be on this journey with you. Excited for this new season. And we got a great one coming up on technology with our friend. Arlene Pelican is going to offer some incredible wisdom in this space as well. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family with shows kids love and values parents trust. Check them out at podcast.gomino.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.